When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in, and don't forget you can. Always become a member of the show. Thanks to the many of you who have already joined. And I have had a couple videos up now for the members only. One was a private Zoom. It was about 40 minutes last week with a few members that now all the members can watch. And one was just a couple minute snippet video on a kind of a coaching staff search update. And so there you go. Those are up there. Appreciate everybody's doing that. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. So, Today, I'm joined by my ESPN colleague in Arizona, Josh Weinfuss, who's going to fill us in on Cliff Kingsbury. Now, Kingsbury didn't come here to be a head coach, but he came here to be a very good offensive, or they they hope he came here to be a very good offensive coordinator. So Josh is going to fill us in on what he witnessed from King, covering Kingsbury for his tenure there and you know why maybe why he thought the offenses struggled in the second half of some of those seasons or why the team kind of would peter out toward the end of years. And he has his own theories. I'm going to bring, bring, bring on more people throughout the offseason to talk about his offense because I think it's kind of unique, but I think it's also a big, big part of what has to go well here. So I want to have Josh in to bring some insight. And just before I get in there and I talked to somebody after I recorded the interview with Josh about what he thought, this is a defensive coach, what he thought about Kingsbury's offense. And there are a lot of things I think he liked about it. And I think, you know, um, felt like they could do things that they really good at creating at Kingsbury is really good at creating mismatches and taking advantage of situations and taking advantage. Like you can go into four receiver sets. and If you counter a certain way, he's going to run the ball. You can go into heavy sets. If you counter a certain way, he's going to throw the ball. Just basic kind of basic. That's a basic rundown of it, but he likes it. But he said, but I asked him about the where the second half um, issues with the Cardinals. And he felt this person felt that it was as much because maybe the the offense leaves a quarterback vulnerable to a lot to more hits and perhaps they start to wear down the second half just something to kind of follow and it's going to be something i ask other people and i'm hoping that i can have some people on here who have actually played in that system who can give me even better insight and then not just me but you better insight so stay tuned for josh for a minute and then one other thing i did want to talk about because you know, for some reason, if you if you say too many, if you kind of relay positive things about Dan Quinn, for some reason, people get upset, I guess, because, you know, we're not telling you you have to like him, but we're just telling you what people say about him. And people say good things about the coach of the team that you root for. So I apologize for that. Anyways, today, it was Kyle Shanahan from the Super Bowl. And he was asked that he coached with Quinn for a couple of years, worked with Adam Peters. So keep in mind, when I talk about this situation, it's not just about a coach. It's about the setup. The setup wins. 
They've had good coaches here in the past. They don't win. Why? Because the setup sucked. That's why. So the setup uh, right now, you go into this offseason saying they're in a good place because of it. And that's what Shanahan kind of pounced on. He said, and he was asked that he goes, I'm um, so pumped for Washington. They got a hell of a coach. They've gone through a lot the last 20 years. Um, but hiring AP, meaning Adam Peters and DQ, Dan Quinn, is as good as it gets. And he talked about how grateful he was for Quinn and when he was coaching with him for the two years in Atlanta. And somebody asked him what, what stood out about Quinn. And he said that it's the way he carries himself, the way he talked to the team was as good as anyone I've been around. So that's pretty big stuff because he's been around some pretty damn good people in that way, including his dad. So anyways, I'm just, we don't know if the guy's going to win, but this is consistent with what I've heard throughout this process from more more than 15 people that I've talked to. So again, still got to get a quarterback, still got to build the staff, long way to go, but the organization is set up better than it has been in recent years. I'm going to get into more differences because you're, you're hearing some more things when people compare one regime to another and why, you know, why, you know, anyways, we'll get into more of that later. And again, you don't have to fall for it. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just relaying information because my job isn't to say you should believe in them. It's more so like, is this a good setup? Yes, it is. This is what people say. So, you know, you can then make up your own mind. And here's the beauty of this entire thing. In the fall, we will know if it works or not. So there you go. Anyways, that's it. Let's get to Cliff Kingsbury. So here's my conversation with ESPN Cardinals reporter, Josh Weinfuss. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. You bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KIME, K-E-I-M. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Josh, you know Cliff Kingsbury as well as anybody's going to know him because you covered him for his tenure out in Arizona. And I know Washington's not hiring him as a head coach, clearly, or didn't hire him as a head coach. But as an offensive mind, you watched that offense in the NFL. What are you what are your general impressions of Kingsbury as an offensive coach. I think this is 
the best situation that he could be in. I don't think he was cut out to be a head coach. I think just the overall management of an NFL team, I think, was just a little too much for him. Because when he was here in Arizona for those four years, he was the offensive coordinator. He was essentially the de facto quarterback's coach, and he was the head coach. So that's three pretty significant jobs, especially the the head coach when you're trying to be that CEO as well as a coordinator, and then you're trying to handle Kyler Murray as a quarterback and a rookie Kyler Murray, you know, you know, get him get him through all of that. And then you threw in kind of all the obstacles of the COVID years and the learning on Zoom. Like it was just a lot. Um, and I think he's better suited and cut out to be just an offensive guy. And he has a very impressive, um, talented offensive mind. Um, I think he learned a lot about being uh, calling plays in the NFL, designing plays in the NFL, running an offense in the NFL, that I think he will will benefit him this time around. And so some of those, like the air raid, has the reputation of being a very pass-heavy attack, right? And spread the field, man-to-man coverage, just attack, attack, attack. That's not how it seemed to unfold in Arizona. Um, and so and I know, like, the stats were, I think it's like, I, I think I have these. I know they're right. I think, but it's like 10th during his tenure in Arizona, 10th in total rush attempts. I think it's ninth in yards per carry and 11th in yards per game, something along it. They may be reversed, but it's something along those lines. So what, you know, what's your take on that part? Here's the thing. When Cliff Kingbury runs the air raid, it's his version of the air, raid, right? Because the traditional air raid is five wide, 10 personnel you're doing it all i guess all you're running and he even going back to his time at texas tech he was a very he had a run based version of the air raid which is rare you don't see that a lot yeah i think he had a thousand yard rusher or two thousand yard rushers in his six years at texas tech like he's like you already had the stats of the running game in the, in the nfl his time in the nfl so he knows in order to win at this level that you have to run the ball and so it's not a traditional air raid. It has a lot of components of the air raid. They will go three wide. They will u- utilize their X receiver quite a bit, and they will throw the ball over the top as much as they can. But the one thing that I think his issue was as a play caller and a play designer is his stuff got stale midseason every year. And once teams figured out what they were doing with that iteration of the roster and they adjusted, he never counter-adjusted and that was an issue for this entire time here. And I think if he if he's learned from that, you know, if Dan Quinn maybe pushes him a little bit to do that more, if it if the if the need arises, I think we could see some changes. But to me, that's the biggest issue with hiring Cliff Kingsbury is nothing really changed as the year went on. And I was going to ask you about that because the numbers are pretty clear. But the one loss record with the offense and all that is exactly that. When you were there, and you guys would clearly ask him about it what would he say as the reason why that never evolved? Because you would think if he's going to learn it, if, if he didn't learn it there, why would he learn it here? Well, the answer we would typically get is, oh, we're making adjustments. We're making adjustments. We're like, mm, not really making adjustments, right? Like, like you could see it. Like, everyone could see it. Um, they were really good in the first half of the season. And he was, his team was like that in college. So it's, it's not just a one-off in the NFL. It was a trend. So I think it, it were to change. It would be because he's not he doesn't have to worry about running an entire organization. He can just focus on one thing. He the, the man loves film. Like like he you know, people think he's this party guy, this bro, this frat bro. And I mean honestly, like he gets to the facility three thirty between three thirty and four thirty every probably four thirty is late. So around three thirty four every single morning, 
and he will just he will get the workout in and he'll just turn on the film and then just watch film i mean like tape after tape after tape and it's not just of what his team are doing he loves scouring college film to come up with a place here and there he'll watch other nfl films day and night just do what everyone's doing he's a big trend guy so he's very well versed right he's very well educated in what's being ran around the country in all levels he loves finding stuff like d3 schools in the middle like abilene christian like he'll, stuff like that he'll find stuff everywhere naia schools so i think that maybe this is the time for him to kind of just focus on that and not have to worry about in college is recruiting the nfl it was just management of people on, on both sides of the ball so i think that this could be an opportunity for him to just laser in on that and i mean will he change i don't know but i think this is the best opportunity for, for us to see possible change from King Murray. And I, you know, you say that because he's obviously people consider him a good looking guy. And I'll be honest, Josh, I had to battle that early in my career as well. People always just kind of looked at me and just assume one thing as like, I'm really, I'm a grinder. So, so I, I, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still dealing with it. People look at this face and they're like, that man does not work. He just parties all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, so we can all relate to what Cliff Kingsbury, the the reputation. Josh, if it was like that, how were players? I mean, would they get frustrated with, whether did they consider it lack of adjustments or how did they handle it? Well, for starters, his quarterback Kyler Murray was very vocal about the lack of adjustments. And yeah, we'll get to him in Kyler, a minute. Like, yeah, that relationship soured, but you know, but like beyond Kyler, like yeah, I mean, when you start out really good every year and then you go into a tailspin the second half of the season, fall off the proverbial "quote unquote" cliff, no pun intended. Like guys did get frustrated, and guys were not shy about telling us, mostly off the record, about you know how it was it was annoying it was frustrating you know they they would start so well and when teams would figure out what they were doing cliff would just not counter adjust like we talked about and guys got annoyed by that especially when you know 2021 they start was it was a 9-7-0 i think it was a 9-0 then they went to 10-2 and kyler was in the conversation for mvp cliff was in the conversation for coach of the year they had the best record of football after 12 games i think it was and they were if not if they were in the best record of football they were definitely they, they were sitting atop the NFC, and then that season just fell apart. Nothing they could do was right. Every, everyone had to figure it out. And that's, I put that on the head coach, especially when you're the offensive play caller and the defenses around the league are figuring you out. Like, that's on you to adjust. And that wasn't happening. Guys got very frustrated. Did, did, did they, like, what did they think about playing for him? And, and especially more so from an offensive. And I know the hard part is they knew him as a head coach. So, as you said, like sometimes you're a head coach, you got all these other responsibilities. Do you have time to then focus on that? So, but how, you know, what was it like for them with him outside of Kyler? Cause again, that's a whole separate chapter. Guys love playing with him because they felt he was a true player's coach, right? They, that he was very in tune with their, their needs, their time. He respected their time. He did not kind of force any of the, 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 the BS extra stuff on them. He wasn't big on mottos. He's a quiet guy to begin with, right? So it was very like very business like. He'd come into his meetings. He'd, he'd he'd talk about what he needed to talk about, and he'd get out. And guys really respected that. Such a guys and families, older guys, guys who had kids. They just they really appreciated that. So guys loved playing for him, but the re- results just weren't there. And then one of the things here, like Washington went from Scott Turner who, you know, guys like, but they they didn't really like the offense after a while, and he wasn't really a disciplinarian or anything like that. Then you go to Biennemi, who's kind of the opposite. Neither one of them worked. So, 
you know, is what in terms of practice is he is an energetic guy? Is he like, how is he on the field? How is he with, in terms of the teaching and all that? And I don't know how much you can speak to that. Yeah. So it's interesting because when he was here in Arizona, he spent so much time with the offense that it honestly felt like when he would go walk over to the defensive side practice during the open portion, we were allowed to watch. He felt it was, I felt it was forced. I felt like he was trying to make an effort to show everyone, hey, I'm the actual head coach. I watch the defense too. When he'd go right back and watch Kyler in the offense run. Like, I just, that's why I said in the beginning, like, excuse me, like, this is perfect for him because all he could do is focus on on the offense. Like, there's a lot of layers to this, right? Like, so it's like not just that. He doesn't have to worry about anything else, right? In college, he hated recruiting. So there's not like that part of this. It's just all football, all the time, all offense, all the time, all quarterbacks, all the time. Like, that's why I think this is a great move for him because he doesn't have to worry about all the other stuff. Um, and I think that when it comes down to it, you know, the commanders have the second overall pick. You know, if there's one thing that Cliff Kingsbury does better than most other people, maybe outside of Bruce Arians, another former Arizona guy, is develop quarterbacks. He did it with, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, briefly did it with Baker Mayfield, briefly did it with Kyler Murray. Like he knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. And I think that. The commanders are obviously sitting at two. The quarterback's probably top their draft board in some order. That if you're going to draft a quarterback as a franchise, he's probably one of the better people you can get to mentor and coach them and teach them. What do you think he'd look for in a quarterback most? Because, listen, you know, the connection, there's obviously a connection to Caleb Williams. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of a jump in the gun to assume they're going to go up there. But you also have Drake May and Jaden Daniels. What would he look for in a quarterback? You know, it's interesting because all his quarterbacks, well, Davis Webb isn't quite cut from the same mold, and neither is Case Keenum. Basically, I was going to say that he wants some guys who can do both, run and, 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 and sit in the pocket. But really, like, if you have a big arm, you could work under Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, Case Keenum, and he worked with him at Houston uh, over a decade ago, and he made Case Keenum into one of the most, most pro- prolific passers in that NCA history, and obviously that had a lot to do with the air raid offense, but like if you can, but just shows he can do anything. I mean, he he made Johnny Manziel into Johnny Manziel. So if you have a big arm and you're somewhat mobile, Cliff Kingsbury will make it work for you. Obviously, the NFL is a totally different game than college. We get that, but he can still figure out how to take advantage of that. And I think that the way he sees plays develop, the way he designs plays, the way he knows how to take advantage of a quarterback strength. I think you could really put any of those three guys with Cliff, and I think he will make it work. And, you know, I mean, how important is the running aspect? Because obviously you saw Kyler. Kyler can run. Like we see that, right? Um, but is that going to be like, – how often would he talk about that ability? We talked about that a lot with him over the four years because it felt – it got to the point where we felt like – and I think players – well, players did talk about it, how there was a reliance on Kyler's legs to get that offense going, where if he didn't move, that offense is stagnant. And you know, at one point, they said they wanted to they wanted to treat Kyler's legs as a luxury. Well, you can only do that for so long if nothing's going, and you need plays to be made, and you need things to open up. And it went from you know a reliance to a luxury back to a reliance. And I mean, here's the thing: like Kyler is such an anomaly, and there's only yeah. I mean, really, there's what two other guys in the league, maybe one other guy, Lamar Jackson who could truly make plays like Kyler. Yeah. And I would put Kyler quicker than him, right? He's much smaller than Lamar. But, you know, because of his size, I mean, you watch him. There were a couple plays after he came back this season 
where it literally looks like he's playing a video game. And you're just hitting the speed button, that afterburner, and he just takes off and it. So, like, working with Kyler is an anomaly. So, but, if, you know, and if you get Caleb, he can move, he can run, he's not as fast, but he can make plays with his feet, and then he can turn those plays with his feet into plays with his arm. And I think that really works well for Eclipse very steep. Yeah, and that'll be curious to you. So what happened with he and Kyler? That's a, that's a long answer. And I know, like, there's a reason why some of those clauses were in that contract. But anyways. So how much time? Cliff's Notes version. So, Cliff's Notes version. Uh, <laughs> with a K. With a K, right? Um, so long story short, they just stopped getting along and they stopped talking. And I it was a lot because of how Kyler was – he felt he was being basically – treated like Kyler wanted to be coached he wanted to be coached hard and Cliff treated him like he put on he gave him the white glove treatment you know he never really came down on him I had people tell me from Kyler from Kyler's past that like his head coach would get on him he would drop f-bombs on him like Lincoln Riley did it in college on him and Cliff never did it he never was hard on him and I think that really rubbed Kyler the wrong way. Kyler wanted that, and that just never came. And I think Kyler also got very, very, very frustrated with how this offense just kept sputtering and sputtering and sputtering, and all these little things never changed year after year. And Kyler just got so frustrated with that 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 relationship fractured. And, like, who are you going to keep, the $250 million man, $250 million quarterback, or the head coach you can pay off for $10 million over a few years and call it a day? So, Josh, the one one concern, Josh, I would have is, or not concern, if it goes well, you know, guys always get hired as an OC to be a head coach. He's got the experience. What kind of NFL aspirations do you think he would have, or do you think it's, and what, you know, do you think NFL teams would be interested in him if it goes that well? It's a kind of a complicated answer, right? And there's a, there's a few layers to this. One, I think NFL teams tend to have short memories, right? They're, as Ted Lasso would put it, they're goldfish. So I think if they were to, you know, if Kingsbury were to have success with whoever the quarterback is in Washington, I think that would lead an owner to saying, hey, let's give this guy another shot. Would that be the right decision? I don't know, because when he was a head coach, sure, he was a first-time head coach. He learned a ton. So I'm sure those four years are going to be very valuable next time he does it. But, there's, you know, I don't think these guys change in time. I think NFL head coaches are very regimented, very rigid in their approach, and I don't see him changing a ton in his second tenure as a head coach if it were to happen. With all that being said, though, I do think he's also financially savvy. I think that's why he wanted the third year in Washington, just in case it doesn't go well. He gets that money. I think if he's a head coach, he gets another four or five year deal, makes four or five million dollars a year. If it doesn't go well, he still gets paid. Right? Like he's made a ton of money his whole career. He's always fallen upward. Right? He goes from a sub five hundred head coach in college to an NFL job where he struggles at to coaching the best football quarterback in college and become an NFL offensive coordinator won by two teams. Like I wish all our careers would fall upwards like that. But I don't I mean I, I do think that like to answer your question directly, like yes, I do think that if he were to get offers and it was the right offer, he would take it. Josh, I appreciate you joining me. You got I think you're at the Phoenix Open you said, right? So I, I, I appreciate I that. Go. And so love the insight. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime John. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Josh for joining me. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode on Thursday morning. So I'll talk to you next time.